We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Happy Tuesday and welcome to everybody tuning in. Certainly appreciate you watching either on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, streaming later, downloading later, whatever you're doing. We appreciate you consuming this content because we are pretty proud of it uh, that these FFPC players continue to do shows with us and offer their insight. The guys and women that are putting their money, have a lot of skin in the game, trying to win a six or even a seven figure grand prize this year. Uh, I am Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer from the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman. You can follow the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Uh, reminder, if you have not taken advantage and played in the FFPC Weekly Challenge, remember, the FFPC is not just a season-long company anymore. We offer weekly content. Uh, you can pay $35 to get in, or you can pay $200 to get in, compete against 10 teams, compete against the, you know, uh, 30 teams, 100 teams, whatever you want to do. Um, you pick one player per team from the NFL slate that weekend, and then you watch them ride all the way through. And you can win $2,500. You can win. You want to play in the 10-team um, uh, FFPC Weekly Challenges. Uh, you beat out the other nine teams. You will get a free 2023 FFPC Main Event entry, and you can compete for a million bucks next year just for winning one event here 
coming up in week nine. So check that out at myffpc.com. Let's bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is a multiple winner of the Football Guys Players Championship Leagues. He has a top 100 team in the contest right now that is featuring nearly 15,000 teams gunning for a $500,000 grand prize. Please welcome in Mr. Greg Pignatelli. Greg, welcome in. Thank you for uh, joining the show this week. Appreciate it, man. How are you doing tonight, E? I'm doing great. I feel guilty bringing you on because I know you're a Phillies fan and I'm taking you away from the game. I have the game on here and I'm seeing it. At least your fills are up seven nothing here in the six. You got to be feeling good, man. Makes it makes it that much sweeter. I, I, I'm watching them out of the corner of my eye, but seven zip, you know, I mean, between them and my Eagles, uh, even my Flyers, you know, Sixers would be there at the end. So uh, I have no complaints and I'm here tonight talking to you. What we, we should have done is had the FFPC's resident uh, Philadelphia sports fan, Dave Terpoli, uh, come on. And you and we could have done like a three-way uh, thing on the and just made it a whole Philly-centric show where we talk Eagles, where we talk Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, what like whatever. That's what we should have done. Hindsight, Dave's not available tonight. So it's just going to be me picking your brain and not figuring enough. out how you've had so much success in the Football Guys Players Championship as you continue to have success this year. Um, let's start off with my beloved Green Bay Packers. Watched them in uh, on Sunday Night Football. Finally, Matt LaFleur decided to run the football. And really, they had a coming out party this week, did Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, over 200 rushing yards for the Packers against the league's number one ranked rush defense in the Buffalo Bills. Now, it, as we look at this, does, does, does this mean if you have A.J. Dillon, do you have to break ties in favor of Dillon this week as he goes from the toughest rush defense in the league to the worst defense in the league in the Detroit Lions, both road games. But now Dylan, all of a sudden, maybe looking a little bit more startable, Greg. Now, here's how I look at it. I look at it from a logical standpoint. Your two best players are your running backs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, truth be told, you know, Rogers, he's on his last legs. You don't have any wide receivers. So is it that far-fetched to say, you know, both my, my, my backs can catch. I know they both can run to me, feed them both 15, you know, plus carries, throw the ball to them two, three, four times per game. It's just, again, it's just logical. I mm -hmm. have heavily invested from a dynasty perspective and redraft in Dylan, you know, I wasn't willing to pay the price for Jones. Uh, but when Dylan was there for me, you know, in the, in the fifth round or so, sixth round, it just made sense. Um, and since they made no moves at the trade deadline today, uh, acquiring, you know, Claypool or, or one of the other wide receivers out there, I'm still waiting for someone to sign Fuller, you know, Will Fuller mm -hmm. and they're prime. But, uh, to me, yeah, you, yeah, you, you hit your wagon, um, and just hope they've learned a lesson and Dylan this week, I'm expecting, you know, 12 to 14 carries and maybe three receptions. And with all the buys and everything else, I think you can get, you know, running back three, maybe running back two production out of them. I, I think we should point that out too. The, the by Mageddon, the by apocalypse going on this week in week nine, no Browns, no Cowboys, no Broncos, no Giants, no Steelers, no Niners. That means no McCaffrey, no Najee Harris, no Saquon Barkley, no Melvin Gordon, no Latavius Murray, um, no, um, Oh, who is the guy the Broncos just got today? Um, uh, escaping me. I, I should know this. Off. I just went over it right, right before the show started, and now I 
can't. It's escaping me. But in any event, that guy, whoever that is, no Ezekiel Elliott, no Tony Pollard, no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, who was not traded today uh, either. But Greg, a guy who was traded, who you just mentioned, Chase Claypool, moves uh, west. He goes from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. Um, this is an offense that has not passed the football this year. Does this change? Does this make Justin Fields a starting quarterback in single quarterback leagues like the FFPC main event, like the football guys players championship going forward? And what does this do for Claypool's value? Because he was, he was coming from the Pittsburgh offense where he was kind of the number three, maybe the number two, depending upon who you talk to there, you know, with him and Pickens. But now, I mean, he's gotta be the number one in Chicago. What are you doing with Claypool now going forward? As I look, and I should bring I should bring this up too, as as, as we look at um, the uh, the Bears' schedule here uh, coming up in Week Nine. Chicago is hosting the Miami Dolphins. So Chase Claypool, new surroundings. Greg, what do you think? Another guy, uh, you know, from a dynasty perspective, I've had him in I uh, have him in a ton of ton of leagues. I was hoping he would get moved, fighting for targets from you know the rookie Pickett with uh, Johnson and Pickens. Pickens, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I welcome this move. I really thought I didn't think about the Bears. You know, do they need a number one target? Absolutely. Um, I don't think I'd be quick to jump on them and start them this week, but, you know, Fields has to throw it to someone. You know, he, he's got an arm. I mean, he's got the pedigree for, for him. I think he was a fringe number one. I'd be nervous as hell starting him, uh, but because of his legs, it always helps. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's the number one there by default. He's a big target, 6'4". Um, so I think eventually, and I, I, I don't even know if the Bears have had their bye week yet, um, but, you know, that would help if if they hadn't, just so he can get acclimated for the, the, to the system a little bit better. But, you know, I, I think within a week or two or a few games, he should be their number one target there. What's it mean in Chicago? I, you know, is he going to get 10 receptions for 150 yards? No. But uh, could he get you the, you know, six receptions, 80 yards and a score? Uh, you know, I think that's very, you know, very likely he can do something along those lines. Yeah, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have their bye this week. So Claypool avoids that. However, the Bears have not had their bye. They don't have it until week 14. So Claypool does not miss out on a game. Um, the guy I was trying to think of, Chase Edmonds, goes from uh, Miami to Denver. Now George Payton, who's the GM in Denver, has already said that Melvin Gordon is going to continue to be their starting running back. But here's the thing that, that I want to point out. Um, now you have not only Gordon, Gordon, beg your pardon, but Latavius Murray, who I picked up in a lot of leagues, once Denver claimed him off or um, signed him off New Orleans practice squad. But now they have Chase Edmonds, a guy who is a proficient pass catcher and was being drafted, Greg, as you remember, as as a a, a zero RB type guy in the late single digit rounds in the Football Guys Players Championship. So high stakes owners are definitely invested in him. Now we're looking at you know kind of a quagmire here in this Denver backfield. Can you make sense of it? between Gordon, Murray, and Edmonds? Or are you going to wait to say uh, to see what happens there as far as injury or people falling out of favor and 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 not start anybody until we know more here? I'll tell you, that Denver team's just just a mess. Uh, you know, I mean, we all know what the Russell Wilson's going through so far. 
Um, I know they had some O-line issues. I honestly, it's unless you you need the 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 bye week running back, I, I can't really delve into that or, or dip my toe in the pool with any of them. You know, Melvin Gordon, he is what he is. Uh, you know, he'll probably get you 12, 14 carries, maybe a couple receptions. You got to hope for the goal line score. You know, I mean, he's not going to run off a 50 or rip off a 50 yard run or anything by any means. Um, I just think they're going to go heavy rotation and you're going to get guys, uh, you know, it's going to be the flavor of the week. I don't know if they're going to ride the hot hand. You can just see what happens, but I could see a, you know, Gordon 12 carries um, and maybe another 12 carries split between the other two guys. It's, it's, you know, it's a bit of a mess there. I, and I, I don't think I would really, it's not like it's a juggernaut offense where you really want a piece of it right now. I, I, I think uh, another interesting thing that happened with backfields today was right at the buzzer with the trade deadline, the bills and Colts hook up on a trade. Uh, Naheem Hines goes from Indianapolis to Buffalo. Um, Zach Moss and a conditional uh, sixth go to the Colts. Now um, we can touch on Moss here and uh, uh, disagree with me if you want. Um, I think that Moss is in the number three in Indianapolis. If I have Jonathan Taylor, if Deion Jackson's still out there, I mean, to me, he looks like the clear, you know, handcuff running back there uh, at this point with Hines now in Buffalo. And now here's the other thing with Hines in Buffalo. Buffalo tried to sign J.D. McKissick in this offseason. McKissick, it sounded like was all set to go there. Then he decided to reverse course, come back to Washington. And then Buffalo used the second round pick on James Cook. That hasn't necessarily worked out as far as a pass catching running back right away that Buffalo has in 2022. Now they have a pass catching running back, which is good. But I got to wonder, Greg, with all the people that had drafted Naheem Hines in those mid rounds, thinking that he was going to be a check down candidate with Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, that is not going to be his role in Buffalo. Josh Allen loves to throw the ball downfield to Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil uh, Shakir, uh, and even Dawson Knox to a certain standpoint. So I wonder if Hines, if this is actually a worse move for his fantasy value, Zach Moss now goes to a worse running game and he's buried on the depth chart there. I'm not seeing really a whole lot of winners in this deal. Are you? No, I, I think I agree with you there. I mean, Moss is strictly a backup. It was probably more just about getting a pick and trading a running back. You want that depth there. Uh, and from Buffalo standpoint, to your point, it's probably more an indictment on Cook. I mean, he really should be that receiving back, but they're also, you know, not sitting back and waiting on a rookie to develop. They're pushing their chips in. You know, they want to compete with the, you know, Chiefs and Eagles of the world um, in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I think for a six-round pick, I think it made a lot of sense. But, but also fr from a from a real NFL standpoint, fantasy. Again, I'm going to have to agree with you. It, it's, I don't see a lot of value there. I mean, what's he – he's going to take maybe two, three, four carries a game away from Singletary. Mm -hmm. Maybe he catches, uh, you know, one, two, three balls. Uh, he's strictly bi-week, you know, filler, and rarely at that a desperation. But, but I've seen worse out there on the waiver wire. If you have to, you know, get somebody, maybe he's out there. More than likely he's on a team. So – uh, you know, I, I don't I don't see a lot of upside there. Um, now, speaking of upside, I, I was surprised to see. Well, maybe not surprised is, is the right word, but my eyebrows were raised when I saw Jeff Wilson got traded from the Niners to the Dolphins. 
Um, and he's reunited with Mike McDaniel, who was um, with the San Francisco 49ers last year. Wilson, to me, was the obvious backup behind Christian McCaffrey. Now he is gone to Miami, but I'm not dropping him because, Greg, I remain unconvinced that Raheem Mostert can somehow make it through a whole season without a significant time on the injured list. And if that happens, all of a sudden Jeff Wilson behind Tua Tungavailoa with Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle on the outside. I mean, that that's a pretty prolific offense. They've been putting up points so far. So I'm not dropping Wilson anywhere. But you look at the Niners. Is it Tyrion Davis-Price? Or when Elijah Mitchell comes back, is he now the new backup to Christian McCaffrey? I think I read, uh, is Mitchell, his 21 days off IR begins this week, I thought. I, that sounds right, yes. So, you know, I think worst case, they need to make it make a week or two. Um, without a, 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 I don't want to say, I guess a quality backup behind CMC. Uh, but, you know, I think for the Niners, it was sort of a no-brainer. I mean, Wilson was going to be third on the depth chart. They they needed picks after they traded Trey Lance. They they acquired, you know, albeit late picks back. Um, and to your point, too, for the Finns, it, it was probably a great move. Um, you know, they, they absolutely upgraded. Uh Wilson's shown, I don't know if he's a product of the system, but he can be shown he can run behind a good line. And he surprised even me. And I've even taken a why well, I drafted him in probably at least two of my three football guys, you know, redraft leagues in the 19th, 20th round. And it paid off when I started him, you know, a few games at least. Um, I still kept him. I wanted to see what happened to the trade deadline. Uh, luckily I did because again, I think, moving from the Niners to the Dolphins, albeit in backup roles, he's got a clearer picture to possibly starting there than he does, you know, even with McCaffrey's injury history. So I think that definitely a good move there. I, I think you're right. And, and I think, um, you know, the other thing we should talk, we, the only um, deal we have not talked about so far is, is, is the one that went down right away. This, the first one this morning, and that was an intradivisional trade. You know, it's interesting that, you know, you know, my beloved Packers here and all the hubbub was, oh, they need a receiver. They need to trade for a receiver. They're the only team in their whole division who didn't make a trade today. Detroit, <laughs> uh, Chicago obviously got Claypool. Detroit and Minnesota hooked up on a trade within the division. And that was the Hawkinson one. Hawkinson goes to Minnesota along with a fourth round pick plus a 2024 conditional fourth round pick in exchange for a 2023 second and a 2024 third going to Detroit from the Vikings. And I think this is an indictment on how serious the Irv Smith injury was. I mean, we saw the report from the year rap report had it today that, that he is going to be out a significant amount of time with this high ankle sprain, but now it doesn't really matter because TJ Hawkinson is Minnesota uh, is in Minnesota. So Greg, tell us a little bit about here it is, is if you have Hawkinson, you're still starting him, but do you envision his stock up or down given where he was at in Detroit and Irv Smith, this, you know, feel free to disagree with me. I'm dropping him everywhere. I'm not seeing the value and keeping uh, keeping him on my team, even if I had a team in a tight end premium football guys players championship or FFPC main event. Yeah, high ankle sprains are nothing to sneeze about. I mean, if, if reports are correct and he's out, you know, six to eight weeks, where does that put us in the playoffs? Yeah, are you gonna you gonna trust him coming back, first game back, second game back? I mean, I have him. I'm gonna drop him this week. Um, you know, Hawkinson. I have to think, and again, we're hitting on, and I don't think you're purposely doing it. You didn't know Detroit was going to trade him. Another guy I have in a ton of ton of leagues. I love him. 
Um, to me, it's it's got to be. I think he was underused with the with the Lions. You saw the one you know huge game when they had some injuries at wide receiver. Uh, he goes from Goff, who I'm not a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I know we had a few good games, but uh, to Cousins, there's a declining feeling uh, there. So he should be maybe not the one B to one A Jefferson, but he should he should be number two in targets. You know, will it happen game one or game two with them? Probably not, but, um, you know, if I had him in my mind, probably, you know, ranked maybe six, seven, eight overall tight ends, he probably bumps up a couple spots with the trade. I mean, again, dust to settle, you know, give him a game. I mean, I'm I'm starting him wherever I have him because, you know, more than likely I don't have a backup that I would trust more. Um, you just hope that, you know, tight end trades during the season aren't, don't happen a lot. So we don't have a lot of tape to say, well, running backs, you can just plug them in like McCaffrey. And, and he, you know, was a world beater in well, game two um, wide receivers take more time too to acclimate. We don't know about tight ends. They don't usually get traded in season. Um, but I, I just seem inclined to think that he's going to be bumped up, you know, probably the top four, top five tight ends in my, at least in my book. I, I I think that's accurate, right? And um, I, I don't think that's necessary. You know, the other thing to keep in mind here, too, is Hawkinson, I think, was averaging a career high in yards per game this year, too. So it's not like he was having a bad year. And, and this, to me, is like, you know, you go from Detroit, who, granted, was putting up points, but I think a lot of that was because their defense was so bad. Um, now he goes to Minnesota. And, and yeah, I think he's probably, I think you're right. Um, sort of like a one B option to Justin Jefferson. I think he's ahead at Thielen. Um, but we'll see because again, we don't have a track record as you pointed out to how fast these guys get acclimated to, to new teams. So that is something we'll be watching for. And it starts right away in, in week nine, a guy who got traded, not this week, but last week was James Robinson. Now this is his first full week getting, um, some practices under his belt for the jets. But he gets the Bills um, in, in New York. Uh, he gets the Bills at home this week. Is he still a sit, even with the full week of practice, because of this tough matchup? Uh, again, you know, the, the Buffalo showed that, you know, uh, they weren't impenetrable as far as the rush defense goes on Sunday night football. But they are still pretty good. What are you doing with James Robinson this week if you have him? See, it's another great, you know, a feel-good story coming off the ACL. Uh, I mean, came out of the gates just, just barreling. Uh, no one expected it. And y- you want to root for him. Um, and conversely, Brees Hall was coming on. I mean, he was looking like world beaters. I mean, uh, another great pick there. He goes down. So it, it's, and what happened? The Jets lose. They're, they, I think, what were they, five and two? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were rolling at a point. Um, if, if I recall the numbers between uh, James Robinson and Michael Carter this past week, they might've had 12, 13 carries between them. So obviously they need to get kind of back on that track. Uh, again, if, if it's, if, if I'm the coach, um, I know, you know, Robinson's my, my running back and Carter's more my receiving back. I, I try and feed them the 12, 15 carries, you know, this week, uh, maybe, you know, one or two, three balls out of the backfield you give him that those numbers, he's he's absolutely a number number three, maybe even a number two running back. Um, at this point, I think he's learned a playbook enough. And again, running backs 
you know, one of the easiest ones. Hey, go off tackle, you know, go up the middle, go out for in the flats. So here's, uh, here's a handoff. Don't get tackled. Right. You know, so um, I, I was, it was kind of funny. Like I was questioning what Jacksonville was doing over the last week or two. Um, and then this happens. I don't know. And, but, you know, I applaud the Jets and I, I didn't think I'd ever say that uh, for, you know, not sitting on their hands. I mean, they made a move. You know, I think it was the next day after Hall went down. Um, and again, I mean, cost was low, so it just made a lot of sense. Um, I, I think if you temper your expectations of what you're looking for them to get out of them, you know, this week and probably going forward, if you're looking for a number, number two, number three running back, which who isn't, um, I think Robinson can probably get back to that, to that level. Um, and to, to your point, 12 carries combined between Carter and Robinson last week. Um, Carter getting uh, seven carries to Robinson's five. Carter also getting uh, seven targets. He caught four of them. James Robinson did not catch his only target. But again, short week. We'll see what happens uh, with the Bills this week. Shifting to the tight ends here. It, it seemed a couple of weeks ago that Noah Fant was really coming on in Seattle. I feel like something like 13 targets in, in combined in, in weeks five and six. And then you you fast forward to weeks seven and eight. He only gets two, uh, I beg your pardon, um, three catches in those uh, last two games. What do you do with him this week? And and something to think about. This is a game uh, between the Seahawks and the Cardinals that has a total of 50 and a half points. You'd like to think that this would turn into a shootout. I know the last time these two teams played, it did not. Maybe it's different this time. Noah Fant, tight end premium scoring. FFPC owners want to know, Greg, is he a guy that you can look at flexing out? I, I got to say, uh, dynasty-wise, I, I, the other guy I love, um, there's just – Seattle, I just have a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I benched this past week Metcalf in oh. one of the few leagues and Lockett in one or two, and it burnt me. Uh, it comes back to, all right, even in the shootout, um, you know, Walker's probably going to rush in a touchdown. There's one. What's Gino going to throw for 250 and two, 275, something along those lines? Uh, with both wide receivers playing, you still have Dissy there. And I think there's a third tight end. Yeah. It, it's really, it's it's a hit or miss. You know, it's like flip a coin. Do, do you have better options? Um, he definitely, he definitely is not in my top 12. Is he in my top 20 for this week? because of the buys probably mm -hmm. uh, it's just one of those things where you hope you have a better option. If you have to start them, you, you basically hope, Hey, get me, you know, three receptions for 25 yards and score. <laughs> he, you know, he's not going to get, he's not going to get six, seven, eight receptions. He's not going to get you, you know, 70 yards with the other wide receivers playing. Um, Colby Parkinson is that other tight end uh, that we couldn't think of in Seattle. So he's also there as well. One of the things we, when we're talking about that Hawkinson trade, we did not talk about the backups, the guys who are taking Hawkinson's place in Detroit. Greg, do you have any interest in, and we'll focus this on redraft leagues here, Brock Wright, uh, James Mitchell, those are the other two tight ends that um, Detroit's obviously expecting more now that Hawkinson is in Minnesota. Tight end premium league, do you have any interest in either one of those guys? Waivers go tomorrow. Have you put in any bids on those on those? Players? No. I kind of look at it this way. If, if, if I could start Hawkinson, but I wasn't comfortable, you know, every other game he was, he was giving me, you know, wishy-washy uh, production Two two guys that I don't really know anything about. Is it possible? 
Uh, again, if you have a, ro- a roster spot, then which one do you pick? You know, <laughs> another thing, but I, I, you know, I had, didn't have a chance to kind of digest all the trades uh, between work and then the world series being on. Um, it, I, it's one of those things where I have to believe, you know, they're neither of them is going to be in the top 25. I know, you know, tight end premium. I have three or four tight ends on pretty much all my rosters. You, you sort of have to. Mm-hmm. So they're rosterable. Are they startable? That's a different question. You know, um, if you have bid bucks out there and remaining, you want to throw a couple ducats on one or the other and take a shot and you have a spot uh, or an open spot, you could do it. Uh, but I would really wouldn't, ex- you know, wouldn't expect much. You don't expect big things from either of those players. No, no. I okay. think between that and you have uh, uh, Jameson, uh, the rookie, Williams. I'm terrible Jameson with names. Williams. You know, uh, I, I butcher them all the time, but I know the players, but the names always, you know, I, I just totally butcher them. You're but not they, alone. You're not alone. I do the same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I shoot some of my, you know, buddies' emails like trades, and and they're like, "Who the hell are you talking about?" And I'm like, uh, "And they're like, well, you misspelled this, and ah, you know what I was talking about, you know." So. <laughs> I had a conversation with a guy today. We were trying to talk about Amari Cooper after the Monday night game last night, and obviously, I'm in Northeast Wisconsin, so Amari Rogers obviously is, you know, comes to, and I couldn't talk to him about Cooper because he kept calling him Amari Rogers, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, who are you talking about?" Yeah, Amari Rogers. No, I think you're talking about Amari Cooper. And we, you know, it's it happens, you know. Well, yeah, it's hard to be right though. You know, at least yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um the targets in Detroit that Hawkinson had, are they simply going to Jamal Williams and um DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown? Um, I, is one of these other guys like DJ Chark or Josh Reynolds, are they gonna pick up targets or it is the is the needle not moving enough where all these this these targets are going to one entity where you want to focus on them in Detroit? I think we don't know. Uh, you know, the Chark was a guy I was high on coming in. Just you know, he has the measurables and everything else, and he just he just was not producing at all. You know, the first few games. Um, to me, it comes back down to golf and what you think of him. Uh, He's really, in my opinion, a game manager. You know, I mean, he had, again, he had those few few big games. I get it. Um, but if you're really expecting more than like 250 yards out of him per game, maybe one or two touchdowns, uh, you know, I think you're kind of joking yourself. Uh, Swift's, Swift's a great, you know, great receptions out of the backfield. Um, I still question their usage of him. And something tells me he's not completely healthy. Uh, every time I, I see Williams come in, you know, at the five yard line, I, I jump up and down and curse. But what are you going to do? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, that's what I do too. Jump up and down and curse. That's pretty much all we can do. Um, let's go to the uh, YouTube chat with a question right here. This is coming from this guy, 12. He says, hey, fellas, thanks for your work. I somehow have three quarterbacks in redraft, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungabailoa, and Justin Fields. Now, he's in a league where he can trade these players. He wants to know which one he should trade away first and who to keep the whole way. Now, I always preface these trade conversations with, with I, I, you should probably deal away the guy that, that brings you the biggest return back especially when you got two guys that I think are startable most weeks the rest of the way in Hurts, well, who's startable every week, and Tungavailoa, who's startable in most matchups. Not every single one, but most of them. So Fields, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot for him off the waiver wire, even with the acquisition of Claypool and even with how well he's been using his legs. That would be the guy I'd want to part with um, the most because I don't know how much value he adds to your roster having Tungavailoa and Hurts. I think you're going to agree with me. It's really, really difficult to find a trade package that's acceptable to trade Hertz away because you're probably going to be bringing in multiple assets for Hertz. And if you're bringing in multiple assets, that means you have to cut multiple players, which is probably not a prudent fantasy strategy. Um, to me, Tunga Vailoa is the most interesting here because you still get the potential league winner in Hertz uh, on your roster. You don't have to, you know, Fields is just a whatever. You could probably cut him because I don't, again, I don't think you're going to get a, a whole lot for him. But Hertz is an interesting guy that maybe you can trade away, get some pieces, maybe even some depth for the rest of the bye week gauntlet here and get, you know, maybe a number three running back, maybe a number three receiver, or maybe a number two at either of those play, you know, positions, maybe a top 25 guy. And, and I think that's that's where your sweet spot is to try to trade Tunga Vailoa to improve the rest of your roster, but not at the expense of your quarterback position. Greg, your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I'm a Philly homer. So, yep. uh, you know, I, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, Hertz is just, uh, is he going to be the MVP? No, it's probably going to go to Josh Allen, but damn, he's tearing up, tearing up these other teams. Um, and you know, what I found over the years is you don't get a lot for quarterbacks. I mean, when you're right. one, you, you only need to have one of those top 12. So, you're almost going in, uh, you know, a little hamstrung because how many teams are there? You don't have a lot of bidders and it's all about supply and demand. 
you know, so uh, I agree. I would be shopping, you know, Tua, and I think if you could fetch, depending on obviously on your needs, you know, uh, running back, maybe you go after somebody that you have in your in your twenty to thirty range. You know, maybe a maybe a Dylan, um, maybe James Robinson. You take a shot on you know some of these guys, um, but yeah, and but uh, Hertz already had his his bye week as well, so to your point. Uh, you could get away with just having fields as a backup to him, you know, but I would absolutely, you know, post on the message board, Hey, top five quarterback available to, uh, and, and see what, you know, nibbles you get out there. Yeah, no. And, and, and I'll take it a step further. I would, I, I would just send out offers to, to the other, you know, 10 or 11 guys in the league, see what happens uh, with that. Um, because sometimes if, if you dangle something out there, somebody's more likely to respond to that. I post on the message board too. I just feel like I've gotten, better results when I actually send, you know, the offers out and well, yeah, it may not work, but no, anybody who knows me or knows Wiley Tigers knows I'm the king of trades. So yes. I totally agree. I would probably do both. I'd probably post in the message board, but you know, you, you throw it out there and, and see what comes back. I mean, again, you're, you're probably only looking at one or two teams that might have that kind of need, but mm-hmm. you never know. Um, you know what you think of someone or some player is, is entirely entirely different than someone else. So, you know, uh, they may be happy streaming Stafford and, you know, and your boy Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But if I dangle out to him and, and I'm not asking for a ton, you know, maybe you hit, you get to accept on the trade. But I, I think that the three teams that are most interesting here to me are two of the guys you mentioned, Stafford and Rodgers, and, and then potentially Tom Brady too. Maybe the Brady owner is, is a little miffed at how his season's going. He sees Tunga Vailoa, throwing it, you know, 50 yards downfield to Hill and Waddle all the time. Maybe he gets enamored with that. So if you don't want to send out offers to everybody in your league, maybe send it out to those three guys. Or Russell Wilson is another guy. If that guy is is still married to Russell Wilson, um, you could maybe get something better from him too. That's always a possibility. So those would that's what we would say, uh, this guy 12, as, as far as your uh, quarterback situation here. Now, you just mentioned it. You are a Philly guy. I looked at some of your dynasty rosters. You have several shares of not only A.J. Brown, but Devontae Smith as well. Now, I don't know if you made trades for A.J. Brown coming into this season after the Eagles acquired him from Tennessee. I don't know if you drafted Devontae Smith in these dynasty leagues, but it's it's very telling to me that with um, such a dynamic offense going on in Philly and you have several shares of both the number one receivers or both the the, the top two receivers in Philly, it seems to me that you knew something uh, with, with Brown and Smith. Did you have an inkling going into this season that this Eagles offense was going to be explosive and you would try to get these shares? Or did you already have shares of these guys? I Sort of both. Uh, I, I did see, you know, the, the offensive line has been stellar for, for years. Um, I have a lot of shares of Goddard. Uh, most of my dynasty leagues, you know, I don't like actually having both receivers there. Um so if if I was to sit back and look at most of my teams, I think I had uh, AJ Brown as a Titan. I drafted Devonte in a lot of leagues last year as as a rookie. Um, so I don't want to say I locked into AJ Brown, but uh, you know it's almost like there's not enough balls around for them both to produce mm-hmm. number one numbers every week. But I do, in my opinion, they're both number one receivers. I mean, they're one and one A. Um, you know, you'll even in AJ Brown's, you know, great week, three touchdowns, everything else. Um, I think Devante still had, 
maybe six receptions, 60, 70 yards, something along those lines. I want to say he got me 12, 13, 14 points, which wasn't bad for not scoring. Uh, you know, it, but it's to your point, it's a dynamic offense. And I just wanted a piece of it. The, my only regret in all, you know, my few redraft leagues was not getting hurt. Believe it or not, I in the four leagues, my four redrafts, I didn't didn't draft them anywhere. And it wasn't because I didn't want them. But in at least two leagues, he got taken one pick before and I had to settle for Calamari. And in the second one, I think he went maybe three picks before mine. I had them lined up. But he got he got sharked away from me. Uh, but it, yeah, it just all made sense. Did did I know Hertz was going to do what he's doing? No, I mean I I didn't expect this. I mean this was a really a make or break. He's he's playing for a contract, and we're just happy to be along for the ride here. He's playing for a contract. He's probably also playing for an MVP this year. The way that his season's been going could be him and Josh Allen. Boy, wouldn't we love a Philadelphia Buffalo Super Bowl? That would be a lot of fun uh, to watch there. Um, s- staying in that same area of the country here in Baltimore. Um, we saw Rashad Bateman is going to be out this week and maybe more than this week. You also have the six teams on by this week, which I mentioned at the top of the program. Devin Duvernay, it seems like, you know, this guy continues to make plays, even sometimes when Bateman is healthy. Is he nearing must-start status in FFPC this week? He goes to New Orleans uh, this week to take on the Saints, and I just want to check the the total on that game because um, I'm very curious as to as to what it would be. 48 and a half right now. This is the Monday night game uh, this week. So your thoughts on Devin Duvernay against the Saints with no Rashad Bateman. Well, and another guy buying for his contract and Lamar. Yeah. But, I mean, we know that's the Lamar show there. Uh, but who's he going to throw to? You know, who's running the ball there? Uh, no Dobbins. Uh, Drake is the number one. Uh, yeah, Gus Ron- Edwards banged up right now, too. You're right. Yeah, you know, and and Andrews, Mark Andrews is banged up as banged well. Up. Absolutely. So how many catches can Lively get? You know, a t- likely. We uh, see a bad with names. He is playing Lively, so I Lively. get it. Isaiah yeah. Likely is playing Lively. Yes. So I so I have to say, uh, you know, if you again you temper your expectations, um, he's startable. Is he is he a, a number one? No. It, can he get you number two or number three numbers? Um, you know, he could go for anywhere from maybe 40 receptions for 40 yards. Uh, I'm sorry, four, four receptions, 40 yards. He could have one long bomb, a couple of rushes, and get you, you know, 20 points easily. So, you know, he's one of those boomer bust type guys. Um, but even his bust, I think, he, you know, he's he's got to get you six, seven, eight points. It's probably his floor. So, hey, you know, for the bye weeks and everything else, give me that. You know, give me shares of Lamar, even if Lamar throws for 180 yards. Who else is he thrown to? Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, you think about, you know, we, we could go through it here. We know David and Joku's hurt. His team's on by this week anyway. Amari Cooper is out. No Michael Gallup, no Dalton Schultz, no Tony Pollard, no CD Lamb. Cortland Sutton is gone uh, this week. Um, Jerry Judy is, is, is out this week. No uh, Wandale Robinson, no um, George Pickens, no Deontay Johnson, no Pat Fryermuth, um, no um, Debo Samuel, who was hurt last week, no Brandon Ayuk, no George Kittle. There is a severe lack of pass catchers this week in the NFL. And and while, yeah, Devin DuVernay, you kind of want to, you know, it's one of those yuck faces when you, you would hear the name. But right now, no Bateman. All these teams on by, yeah, it, it should be a yum face that you're making this week with Devin Duvernay. I'm totally on board with that. Um, Chuba Hubbard missed last week. Deontay Foreman had an awesome week for Carolina. 
if he can go this week uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, um, how concerned are you about him taking away touches for Foreman? Let's put this in fantasy terms. For me, still going to be tough to sit Foreman, especially with the Biomageddon going on. Um, but does Hubbard make your flex list at all if he's active? Well, and and let's not forget too, if not for a bonehead move by Steve uh, by uh, DJ Moore, they win that game. So they win they the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, run the ball. Uh, is is there going to be enough to go around? And, you know, Foreman's one of those guys. I mean, I'm just liking him to like it. Okay, I'm going to say this, but he's like he's like a Derrick Henry type. You know, he's not going to really catch you more than one or two balls, but he's just he's the grinder. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think they have the formula. Give him the ball 15, 18 times. Hubbard uh, is he flex worthy? It's a tough one. Um, you know, it's on a normal week he would not be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, if, if you're happy with, I don't know if he's, if he's a lottery ticket or not, I, he doesn't have the ceiling of some of the other guys out that might be out there. Um, if you'll take four points out of your flex and be happy with that, with everything going on, um, you know, maybe he catches a few, few, few balls. I, I don't know about that though. Um, low ceiling, seem, low floor type guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very limited upside. That's that's how I'm feeling on that. Yeah. Now, uh, Foreman, obviously, I'd start. Hubbard, if you need somebody in the flex in the emergency, uh, you know, you could do worse, but I would think you could probably do better in the waiver wire possibly. Well, speaking of the waiver wire, Mark Ingram is going to be out roughly a month, maybe not quite a month, but with a sprained MCL. Um, is there another Saints running back? I'm specifically speaking about Dwayne Washington here. Um, is he a guy that you're going to be putting any bids on on the waiver wire knowing that? If Kamara does go down, Washington would conceivably be the next guy up. So uh, another truth be told, I'm rooting it against the Saints all season because the Eagles have the first round pick. So to let them lose every game from a fantasy perspective, you know, I almost think their backup running back is Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming off eight, nine, 10 carries. Kamara is not the most durable guy. Uh, You know, I could see the kind of the same thing, you know, giving, giving Kamara 14 carries, giving Taysom, you know, seven, eight carries. If Kamara goes down, is, is Hill a starting running back? I, I mean, I, I don't think so, but he's done a lot of things that I didn't think he could do either. Um, I just, I'm not sure. I, I think when they move from Jameis to uh, Dalton, it's helped steady the offense a little bit. I just don't know if it's a good enough offense for you to throw the number three running back in there and think you're going to get, you know, gold out of it. Greg, I've asked um, a few high stakes players throughout the season this year about the waiver wire. And, and some of them have told me that they, they do feel that the high stakes waiver wire. And I don't know if this is because, you know, accessibility to information um, smarter players, what have you, but they feel like the, the waiver wire is a little bit more bare this year than it has in year past, uh, years past. Has that been your experience? Do you feel like you're going maybe a little heavier on certain players than you normally would? Because it, it just, the, the, the bucks have not been flying around the waiver wire like, like they have been over the last half decade. Has that been your experience this year? You know, I, I, I don't think there's been many out there that I was like, damn, if I would have spent an extra $20 on my bucks. I, I think in, in most of my leagues, I still have 900, 
you know, 850 bucks left, something along those lines. Um, if I recall, the only there was only a few. Taysom Hill was one of the ones that was probably on every waiver wire. Uh, but again, who knew as a tight end you could start them and get the points that you could get out of them? Um, you know who was out there, and I, I believe I got him in more than more than one. Curtis Curtis Samuel. Mm, I'm mm. up pretty pretty early. I, I top of my head maybe twenty thirty bucks. Uh, I didn't have to break the bank by any means. But I haven't really seen anybody out there that I had to say, you know, even the the foremans of the world, he was on a team. You know, I think, you know, with with 20 spots, uh, you know, especially from a running back's position, you usually don't have much out there to begin with. Um, So, you know, it would almost take like a devastating injury to someone and then you let the bucks roll. But I haven't seen that and I haven't really regretted, like I said, you know, not putting some extra ducats into you know, getting someone there, there, it's been bare, but I, I don't know if it's just everybody, you know, to your point, the, the information so readily available that people a few years ago, 10 years ago, might've been on the waiver wire are now in the 18th, 19th, you know, 20th, you know, spot on a roster. It might be, but it's just, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen anybody this year where I really say, damn, I really wanted them. I almost seem, you know, you bring up the devastating injury. It almost seems like for me, for running backs, and I always, it seems like in in the majority of my leagues, um, you know, I play in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship for the majority of my leagues. And in that format, you have to start three receivers, uh, and you do have a flex in there. But I usually am pretty weak at my second running back. That's usually where I choose to be weak in the draft. So I'm always going after these running backs off the waiver wire that are an injury way. But but Greg, it almost seems like when when there's been a significant injury um, to any of these running backs, the the backup is almost always unequivocally owned. So when when there's a devastating injury, I'm going after the, the the former third string guy, who's now the second string guy, and and just hoping for you know, hoping for an injury, but taking advantage of an injury then because it, it it just seems like the backups are even gobbled up at the running back position during the draft process. Right, right. And, you know, the funny thing is I'm actually the opposite of what you just said. Okay. I have been running back centric for 25 plus years, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it I let the, the draft kind of come to me. I don't do mock drafts because it's just anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You can have somebody, you know, that you thought was going to be there in the third round. And, and there's a Browns fan out there who takes Chubb, you know, earlier than you thought he was going to. Um, so pretty much every one of my, my football guys drafts, I walked out probably with four running backs out of the maybe top seven rounds. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, and then even at that, I was trying to get ahead of the curve. And like I mentioned before, you know, I took Jeff Wilson in a few leagues. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, it's almost like the Niners were one of those, like, like the Patriots running back court. You really don't want them. It's like a necessary evil. You, you have to shower after you draft one of them. Uh, but they were better than what was there, you know, and, he was the number two. And to your point, you know, all the, all the backup running backs are drafted. And in some cases, even the third running back was, you know, drafted. I have, I have, what's the number three running back uh, Johnson in Cleveland. Yep. I've been waiting for the trade deadline. I thought for sure if he didn't get traded, Hunt would get traded. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I still have the number three running back in, in Cleveland now, you know? So, um, Will he eventually make his way to the waiver wire? If there's something else out there that I need, maybe. But again, 
you know, he could be, and I don't want to jinx myself with what I'm about to say, but uh, let's just say if the number one running back goes down there, uh, you know, he could elevate to that and Hunt stays in his backup role. Who knows? I, I remember when I was doing the live events uh, out in Las Vegas for the FFPC, a guy that was consistently getting drafted in, in the last few rounds of, you know, the, the, the 3K leagues and the 5K leagues and the 10K leagues, Ty Chandler in Minnesota, who was the third string running back. Now those guys, you know, and, and women who draft in those, there, there are no sleepers and, and people that you're seeing in the football guys go super late or the main event goes super late. You know, they're taking them in round 15 or, or 14, you know. So Ty Chandler, I was in, but now what happened to him? Like he never got in and he's on IR right now. So it's just one of those things. You're, you're, you're looking for that lottery ticket late. Uh, at least I was um, on a lot of my leagues because you're, you know, it's rare that league winners appear on your waiver wire, but sometimes they do. And one of those people this year could be Deshaun Watson, who I just checked on fantasy mojo, fantasymojo.com and fantasy mojo on Twitter. Darren Armani is going to be my guest on the better sports network, high stakes fantasy football show tomorrow night. Um, make sure you're listening to that. Not, not you necessarily, Greg, but you and everybody else who's watching this, but, but um, Darren Armani, um, I, I checked out his stats and Watson, I think was still floating out there in the football guys and, and the main event in roughly 10 to 15% of leagues. So if you still want a quarterback, I mean, he is going to be back in the next couple of weeks. How have you been treating him, Greg, not only right now, but maybe over the course of the last three or four weeks when people have been adding him? I, I'm trying to think if I walked out of the draft with him. So in my three football guys league, I believe I have him in two, if not all three leagues. Now, oh, here's, okay. now here's the thing, though. Um, I, 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 I think I needed because of bye week, I had to drop him in at least one, but I picked him back up the next week after the bye week. Mm. Um, you know, my, my quarterbacks are I have Kyler Murray in one. Um, I have, uh, well, I have Russell Wilson in another, and I have Burrow in another. Am I going to start him when he comes back over two of the three? No, but he's my lottery ticket to your, to your point uh, in the league where I have Russell Wilson. Uh, but it's almost one of those things too, though. Um, again, start of the playoffs. Am I going to be comfortable with him not playing a game? Are the Browns still going to be in the playoff hunt where they're really going to go all in and he's going to wing, you know, be winging the ball around? Um, I mean, he's definitely worth being on a roster. Uh, if you're telling me he's in, he's available in 10 to 15 percent. I would think that should be less than five percent mm-hmm. of the leagues, you know, or he should be rostered everywhere. He's he's definitely a lottery ticket. Um, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there's there's also, I mean, you have Odell Beckham out there too. Is he, you know, what's he going to do? And I still have Will Fuller in a couple of these. Where mm-hmm. it's just there's 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 few guys out there where, you know, as you're like we said, the the 19th or 20th bench spot. Would you rather have one of these guys or, you know, the number three, you know, Zach Moss, the number three running back in Buffalo who now is traded? Um, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to. You have to look for the upside. And, you know, Watson, for the last four games of the of the playoffs, he could, he could be a top five receiver that you just got off the scrap heap or the waiver wire or your 20th round pick. You know, so it's definitely he should be rostered. He should absolutely be rostered. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head about one of the biggest differences between, um, you know, home leagues and office leagues or whatever, and then high stakes fantasy football, the, the margins, I mean, are razor thin and, and any little advantage you can get, you know, sometimes 
Uh, the difference between winning a league and losing a league is, is a pickup like that, right? Where where he has a big, you know, uh, um, league championship week for you, and you end up he he spurs you to the championship round, and maybe he carries you through the championship round to a big payday, you know. Um, and it's not just Watson; it's Beckham. Um, you know, it's players like that. Will Fuller to a certain extent too. I I, I think that you know what's the value in rostering, you know. Uh, a low ceiling guy like Randall Cobb or somebody like that, um, as opposed to Will Fuller, who, when he was healthy last year, was, you know, putting up top 10 wide receiver numbers. So right. there is something to be said for that. And and I think, yeah, it's probably not going to pay off. But in the event that it does, then all of a sudden you're looking at a serious payday, which I, I think you pointed out. Um, Greg, one final question here before we let you enjoy the last, uh, essentially inning of the world series here. I know I kept you on a little bit longer. Um, give us a sleeper this week, uh, that not a lot of people in the FFPC, not a lot of people in the football guys players championship will probably be starting in week nine. I know it's difficult, um, for both of these questions here, because most of the, the sleepers are going to be started because of six teams on by, and then maybe a player that, um, you might be forced to start. Um, but you're a little skittish of a, um, even though he's going to be starting in the majority leagues, you're lowering your expectations on him for this weekend. So this was a bit of a, I, I scratched my head on this one. Uh, this is, this is a tough one. Um, but I'm going to throw out a sleeper. Uh, he's a guy I've, I've liked, um, his potential. He's got the measurables. Um, I know he, he had a pretty decent game last week. Terrence Marshall of the, the Panthers, there's a guy who, you know, PJ Walker, he's he's slinging it. I mean, is he going to throw another 300 yards? Probably not. Uh, I mean, he needed overtime to do it. But number one quarterback or cornerback should should take DJ Moore. So again, you know, is he is he going to break free for 10 receptions for 150 yards and two scores? No. But um, could you expect maybe like a six, seven, eight receptions and see what comes with it? You know, I think it's I think it's fair. Um, your point before with the Hubbard, I, I don't know how that's going to affect him. But who who else are they going to throw to there too? Uh, that's you know again, is he is he on the waiver wire? Um, he might be. I know he's on a lot of rosters. You know, in most of my leagues, just because the same thing, people see the potential um, when he came out of LSU, and he's only in the second year. So you know, you maybe take a shot with him. Um, your second point, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. Uh, the injuries are, are racking up there for the for the Chargers. He doesn't have Big Mike. Um, Keenan Allen is questionable. And, you know, it, it's probably going to be an Eckler show. Mm. You know, just feed him the ball, um, throw it to him. So he'll get some points there. But if you're, you know, expecting a shootout and him to get you, you know, 303, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, is he going to total fizzle out in 150 and one? No, uh, I just I don't I don't think he's going to be you know that he's not going to get those top five quarterback numbers like he typically does. To your point about Marshall, um, we don't know if Marshawn Lattimore is going to play uh, in this game um, against the uh, Carolina Panthers this week. Um, or no, I beg your pardon. That is um, that's the Saints. The Panthers. I, I'm an idiot. Um, way too long of a, of a Tuesday apparently. They're playing Cincy, exactly, who just got housed on Monday night by Cleveland, which means they're going to be coming off. They are at home, but they are coming off the short week. And uh, Terrace Marshall right now only owned, this is surprising to me, only owned in 13% of main event leagues and only owned in 10% 
of football guys leagues. I think that percentage is going to spike in both of those formats uh, when the waiver wire gets processed tomorrow. This is why you tune in to the road of his high stakes lowdown for little nuggets on players like Terrace Marshall from a guy who's done it before, won multiple leagues in the football guys players championship, Mr. Greg Pignatelli. Greg, you have a couple of teams, at least a couple of teams in contention, way up high on the leaderboards. Um, I think you have one in the top 100 in a contest that features almost 15,000 teams. Good luck to you uh, the rest of the way, it, not only that league, but but all your leagues this year. I know you have a ton of dynasty leagues as well. One of them you're really crushing, so congrats on that. Um, good luck to your Phillies the rest of the way. Good luck to your Sixers getting back on track. The Flyers just starting their season uh, as well. Uh, it, it's an exciting time to be a, a Philly sports fan especially when you consider the Eagles are still undefeated. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show tonight, man. Be good, and we'll talk again real soon. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, Greg. The Wiley Tiger himself, Greg Pignatelli, dropping some knowledge here on you FFPC players and Football Guys Players Championship players uh, here on the road of his high-stakes lowdown. That will complete our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to thank Greg Pignatelli for hopping aboard. Uh, certainly appreciate him making some time. He's rooting for the Phillies. They're about to go up two games to one in the World Series, and he's he's talking fantasy football with me. Uh, I, I love the FFPC players. They're so great. Um, and what the FFPC players can do this week is play in the weekly challenge for week nine. You go to myffpc.com. You click on the weekly challenge link. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. You just pick your 10 players or you want to play in the slim format without kickers and defenses. You play in the um, classic format with kickers and defenses. You can only pick one player per NFL team prize pool or the uh, not the prize pool prize pool is big uh the pool of players getting a little bit smaller this week with six teams on by um but certainly um when you can only pick one player per team it does open things up a little bit more you can play for as little as 35 bucks you can play for as much as 200 and remember if you sign up for the 10 team league with a 200 entry the winner of that league will get a whopping 2023 ffpc main event entry for free you can play for a million bucks next season just by beating nine other players this weekend you cannot find a better offer than that on the ffpc website until the playoff challenge launches which will be in a few weeks and that'll be a lot of fun as well uh, i do want to thank everybody for watching the road of his high stakes lowdown remember uh we will be back at 10 9 central next tuesday on this program uh don't forget we do have some other programs coming up um on the better sports network tomorrow uh, which i invite you to download the app it's free in the Google Play Store and the App Store. Um, when you download that, you can not only communicate with the guests um, and, and the hosts on those shows, um, but you can um, uh, register for all the great prizes. You've been giving away a ton of autographed memorabilia. And all you have to do is click on that fun button. It's, it's, it's really, truly awesome. Uh, so I invite you, even though you can watch the show on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, it's so much more fun on the app and it's better on the app. So make sure you're downloading that. My show, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, will go live at 10, 9 central tomorrow night. Um, we'll go all the way up to midnight. We'll probably talk about some FFPC waivers that are going on um, during the show as, as the waivers get processed tomorrow night. Uh, we'll probably put together a weekly challenge lineup for you tomorrow. And who is my co-host? It is none other than Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. He will be with me from 10 to 12 Eastern tomorrow night. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then Farrell Elliott and myself, along with an extra special guest, uh, bringing it to you live on Friday night, 10, 9 central, the high stakes fantasy football hour only on this FFPC YouTube channel. So make sure you're watching that live as well. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Tuesday night. Enjoy the rest of the world series, everybody. Good luck on those waiver bids tomorrow on the FFPC. And I will see you here at 10, 9 central Friday night for the high stakes fantasy football hour. Thanks for watching everybody.
Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.